All right, folks, welcome to this episode of the Jackson Lucas Impact Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, running solo today, Chris Papa. It's great to be here. Uh, we just had an amazing guest, Jennifer Stevens. Jennifer is the co-founder and managing partner at Alliance Global Advisors. Alliance Global Advisors is a woman-owned consulting firm focused on developing strategic growth solutions for real asset investment managers. They partner with organizations to provide an informed, independent perspective, continued education, innovative approach to attracting capital in a competitive environment. She, she's, a, she's a great person. She's based out of uh, Ohio. She's built this amazing organization and has amazing relationships throughout the real estate community. Uh, so when you get a chance, as always, please listen, but also please share with your friends. Maybe they're interested. And we always appreciate when you like the podcast, rate and review the podcast. So with that, enjoy the episode. Thank you. So Jennifer Stevens, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. Uh, where you're on the East Coast today, you said? I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, cool. And that's, that's where you, uh, you mainly, that's East, that's Eastern standard time. Eastern standard time, um, center of the state in Ohio. It's where I'm from originally. And, um, I split my time between Columbus, Ohio and Naples, Florida, where our headquarters is. We have a sister company that we just bought a building in Naples, Florida. Um, Naples seems to be hot these days. It's like the well, literally hot yeah. in the summer, but also um, definitely a growing community. My my partner Heather, um, the co-founder of Alliance, she's from Naples. Both her and her husband are from Naples, born and raised, and so that's why we decided to settle there. But it's also a growing real estate community um, of folks with not only second homes that are you know, but also primary homes that are setting up shop in Naples. So excited about the growth, but I think that it's daunting to somebody like Heather, who's lived there for her entire life, um, to see, you know, some transient, uh, people coming in and out. I'm sure. And so we, uh, yeah, no, we, uh, one of our companies just as a quick aside is a exotic car company. So we own a ton of like exotic cars and we rent them to celebrities and you name it. So if you ever want, if you're down there and seriously, if you want to, if you want a car for a weekend, let me know. <laughs> okay, will do. Um, yeah, so you 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 mentioned your partner. So can you can you tell us about uh, Alliance Global Advisors? Sure, please. Um, yeah, so Alliance Global Advisors um, is a real estate advisory firm. Um, Heather Border, uh, the co-founder, and I launched Alliance in April of 2020. So April 1st, 2020, impeccable timing with <laughs> April Fool's Day and then the global health pandemic kind of setting in at that time. Um, and we launched the business with a goal in mind of advising real estate investment managers on how to become better performing partners for um, their investors and how to attract capital um, in a really competitive environment. And so our business um, is really focused on advising that subset of investment managers and real assets. So we cover predominantly mm -hmm. real estate um, also uh, kind of span over into infrastructure, timber, and agriculture. But we sensed that there was a gap in the marketplace for somebody sitting in a business um, that could advise managers on how to um, do a number of things, attract capital, 
really elevate best practices within their organizations and understand, you know, what it takes to be competitive in, in all different types of environments. Yeah. So I, I we work with, uh, as a, as a executive search firm focusing on real estate, we work with a lot of emerging managers who are trying to get, take that next step, you know, and, and to, you know, they, they might have some outside capital, but they're maybe they're trying to get, you know, maybe a little more institutional or maybe attract more family offices or IAs. Like what, what generally does attract capital besides good returns? Like what do you have to do in order to set up a firm in order to get them to attract more capital? Oh, so many different things. So, um, so performance is one of the critical components of any real estate investment that's going to be highly scrutinized. And so investors are certainly going to look for multi-cycle experience, whether it's transferable experience from a prior organization or performance history that's innate to the organization you're serving. And they'll want you to fall within you know, the top um, half of investment managers over um, on, an elongated period of time. And so we find that it's more difficult for managers with um, you know, less than five years of track record to raise capital in this environment, but track record and performance is, is ultimately paramount. Um, but I think what a lot of investment managers who are exceptional um, in performance sometimes miss is that there's this whole ecosystem of investors that expects their partners not to put them at risk. And in order to not put them at risk, it doesn't just pertain to the investment activity that the partners are pursuing. Um, you know, sometimes it's related to infrastructure and making sure the organization is situated for growth, um, whatever the growth plans may be. It's making sure that there's continuity across the senior personnel within an organization. And if not, building a succession plan that's you know, palatable um, to the institutional investor audience. Um, having local market expertise in the markets that are being targeted for investment is also a critical component. Um, and platform stability. So I think that in addition to performance, those characteristics become of utmost importance when, when trying to go out and raise capital. And we find that um, some organizations kind of fall short um, when it comes to those other elements, but, but really have an exceptional either operating platform, development platform, or performing um, platform, uh, but they haven't really thought about these other elements. Right, yeah. They just think, oh, just because I'm, I, I have good performance, people are just going to want to give me money. Um, but it's also, is there, do you have to get like their, yeah, their infrastructure? Like what, what is, what kind of infrastructure does a firm need in order to I, I i've worked i have some clients that worked with like you know they were doing well and they were like oh let's get some bigger bigger uh investors on board and then when they started talking to these bigger investors like oh my god we got to start like we got to really ramp up internally like what what are a bit larger investors looking for internally um besides continuity and stability like just like processes in, internally right so um so I think that when investors are going through what we refer to as sort of operational due diligence on an organization, they're looking for um, checks and balances in terms of who the key decision makers are and making sure that um, the organization is set up to protect them against risk. So what does that mean um, in practicality? Um, most real estate investment managers um, you know, have a clearly defined C-suite 
um, of personnel, and then below that, a management committee and an investment committee. Um, I think that within a lot of organizations, depending on size, there's an expectation to build out an asset management platform, a capital markets, a global capital markets distribution team, a risk and compliance function, um, you know, an acquisition silo, sometimes a dispositions silo within the business. Um, and accounting and finance um, and reporting is also a critical factor. So in smaller organizations, getting the organizational um, setup right at the beginning to position uh, these companies for growth is, is part of what we do. And part of what you do, it sounds like, as a, um, a professional recruiter, you, you, you know, we kind of help managers to identify what they need to explore their growth pattern. And you come in and help to source the, the key professionals that might be needed to fulfill those roles. Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of overlap. I mean, we do yeah some organizational consulting too because we can just get to see how other organizations operate. Um, and we do have folks on my team that come at, from like large institutional real estate shops, so they they they've done it themselves. What? Yeah, so I mean, so you you grew up in Columbus. Like, where did where did your interest in 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 real estate come from? Did you always dream of growing up and being, you know, be, well, one being an entrepreneur, but two uh, you know, working in real estate? No, um, I didn't. So (laughs) I, I grew up my, my initial ambition. I always wanted to be a broadcast journalist. Um, so that was sort of my dream job. Um, and then, um, I went to, I, I come from a family that has a little bit of a background in real estate. My dad developed, um, single family homes, log homes across the Midwest um, for a period of time. And I grew up in one of those log homes that my friends used to call the Cracker Barrel. Um, but we, <laughs> so, so I have a little bit of um, background in real estate, but not much. Um, in my initial intention, when I went to um, college, um, I was in a business program um, and I studied finance and pre-law. I wanted okay. to, I t- kind of took a turn in my trajectory and wanted to ultimately go to law school and um, took a lot of courses in both um, business and law in order to prepare myself for that. And then ultimately, um, you know, before uh, when I when I graduated um, from my undergraduate degree, I decided to take a leap year and I ended up at a company called the Townsend Group um, based in Cleveland, Ohio, um, largest real asset consulting firm in the world. I didn't really know much about real estate. Oh, I went to Ohio University and at the time, Ohio University didn't have a real estate program. Um, they had sort of a program focused on investment and private equity and other factors and um, asset classes within business, but not real estate. Um, but one of my professors happened to know somebody who worked at Townsend and when uh, and recommended me for a role there. And so my career in real estate began at perhaps the best place to build a career in real estate, such a position of privilege to, to work for a major consulting firm. And that's all. What do, what do consulting firms do? Like, what does the Townsend do? I mean, I, I know what they do, but I remember like first doing my first search for like capital raising or whatever. And I was like coming across towns. I'm like, who are these people? They're out of Ohio. Everybody knows them. Everybody works with them. Like what exactly do they do? A lot of things. Um, first of all, I'd say that they get, um, all of the criticism and none of the glory when things go right, right? So all of that, but, but largely the role of the consultant is the role of a gatekeeper um, that's responsible for not only sourcing and creating investment opportunities for investors that they serve, um, but also helping to protect investors about 
against downside risk associated with any of those investments. And so the consultant, um, we were a real assets consultant at Townsend. Uh, we didn't cover other asset classes, but we did cover real estate, infrastructure, timber, agriculture, and a couple of other um, correlated um, asset classes. But we were, we were coming in to advise institutional investors on strategic planning of their real estate allocation. So how they differentiate and, and dedicate capital to the core segment, the non-core segment, where they are taking risk and sort of help them with their capital planning for um, their real estate program over time, which ends up being around eight to 12% of a total asset allocation is usually geared toward real assets or real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as the consultant, you're responsible for not only helping to shape the strategy of the real estate program, but also source investment opportunities that fit the needs of the client, underwrite those investment opportunities. Um, we met with you know thousands of managers um, when I was at Townsend trying to assess uh, the strategies they were offering and try to make a guess as to not a guess, but a informed decision as to what the best <laughs> um, risk adjusted returns would be um, for our client base. And then ultimately making the recommendation to our clients to move forward with a commitment and an investment. Um, in addition to that, the consultant's also responsible for monitoring the per- performance of the entire real estate portfolio. Um, alerting the clients to any risks that might be inherent in their portfolio, um, keeping them apprised of industry trends, and really helping to go out and source new investment opportunities. So it's a um, it's a it's a really interesting seat because not only are you um, you know you're connected to the capital, um, so those are the investors. You're you're very connected to them. You're a trusted part of their organization. Right. Um, but at the same time, you're kind of at the gatekeeper between the capital and the investment manager that's trying to win the capital. And so you get to see a lot. You get to be in a lot of rooms with executives, really brilliant people um, within organizations that are pitching their strategies. And then you get to make an informed investment decision about the ones you think your client should pursue. That's great. So you, you get to really like a master class in, in real estate by doing that? I think so. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we decided to launch our business is that we, you know, sitting in the seat of a consultant, and we have a couple of former consultants, um, recovering consultants on our team, (laughs) um, you know, and, and, and a few from Townsend as well. But I think that what we're trying to bring forward to the market in our new model, um, which is advising the investment managers, is sort of this um, element of educating them and elevating best practices and, you know, helping them understand how they're positioned in the market and how a consultant or an investor would view them and making sure they're prepared for that process. So we weren't able to monetize something like that in our seat as a consultant at Townsend advising Mm -hmm. the LPs. Um, but here at Alliance, we're able to, you know, monetize the efforts um, you know, and the perspectives that we were able to gain from our former positions. That's great. And then, so like, what's the, and then where did you meet, where did you meet your partner, Heather? So Heather and I worked together at Townsend, um, for about seven years. I was there, um, beginning in 2004 and left in 2020. Um, and Heather was there during the global financial crisis. I mean, she was based in the Denver office. I was based uh, predominantly in the San Francisco office of Townsend, um, co-managing the uh, suite of clients we had up and down the West Coast. Heather and I worked on two separate sets of clients, but had a similar role across those clients. 
Mm. And um, we came together uh, in 2020. She went on to raise capital for a few investment managers after she left Townsend. Um, and, uh, and we came together with this um, notion of launching an advisory business um, in really 2019 and 2020 and, and gave our employers you know, plenty of notice before we decided to take the leap. That's awesome. And so what, what was your first client together? You don't have to give me the name, but like, what was like the first type of like, how did, how did you, I guess, did you both have like just a reputation and names or were you like, what was the first, the like beginning of the, just you two in a, in a room and so an idea? Was, <laughs> <laughs> an idea. Um, yeah, Heather and I, um, Heather was doing a little bit of one-off consulting work um, prior to launching Alliance. And one of the managers that I followed closely at Townsend um, called Noble Investment Group, they're a select service um, and travel and leisure uh, manager based out of Atlanta, Georgia, super, um, you know, a super credible investment manager. And, you know, the, the CEO is somebody I, I really uh, respect and admire. Um, they were looking for an advisor to come in and help them with a couple of different things. And I recommended Heather. Um, and so she started working with Noble um, at that time. And then um, when I decided to join Heather and, and we decided to launch Alliance, I also approached um, the CEO, Mitch Shaw, um, who, again, is a, a friend of mine um, that I've worked closely with um, over the last 15 to 20 years. And I just said to him, you know, what do you think about this concept? Would you be willing to support us? And so that became our first client of the firm. They're still a client today. Um, a really, um, you know, it gave me the confidence to sort of leave from my seat um, that I was sitting in and, and take this leap of faith. Um, but Heather was already doing some of this one-off consulting work, um, but we hadn't yet developed the business aspect of it. Gotcha. Um, and what is what does the business look like now? I mean, I, I look in your you know website, and I actually. I know some of the folks that worked there over the years have been doing this, but yeah, it looks like a pretty impressive team. What can you tell us like the scope of the business and the headcount and all that stuff? Sure. So we're um, a total of 13 people. Um, we also have a strategic partnership with um, another women owned business called Lebec Consulting, who provides resources to not only our client teams, but also to our clients when it comes to ESG and DEI oriented work. So we were spending about 20 to 30% of our total time on ESG and DEI. And so we needed some additional bandwidth there and they stepped in to help us. Um, today, um, our team, um, we're largely focused in three different uh, pods. Um, we're all working remotely, but we do have physical office space in Naples, Florida. Um, we have a pod in the Northeast region in New York and Connecticut. Um, we have a pod in the Midwest where I'm located and then a pod in Florida where we have about five or six different um, team members. Um, since we launched the business in April of 2020, we've advised investment managers with over 500 billion in assets under management. Um, that's a humbling number to us because when we first launched, we thought our business would be much more oriented to advising the emerging managers, those that hadn't raised institutional capital yet. But we grew to learn that, you know, those that were successfully on their fifth, sixth, seventh funds and may have been looking to grow their organization in a different way, were really drawn to our model. And so um, we've really expanded our focus from just the emerging manager community to cover the entire spectrum. Um, and so um, in that 500 billion in assets under advisement, that's the collective assets under advisement of our client base, um, we have worked with over 30 different investment managers 
Um, we've helped to create um, 40 to 50 ESG and DEI policies and programs. Um, we've advised on over 40 different new product launches in the marketplace. Um, and we've tried to maintain our presence with industry associations and in the marketplace too, so we could secure our role in this entire ecosystem of um, consultants. And mm -hmm. so I think we're on our way to doing that. It's been really fun um, since we launched. I've been you know, incredibly happy with the talent that we've been able to attract on our team. Um, but not only that, but the impact that we're making in the market, it's, it's pretty gratifying. That's awesome. What, 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 what skill set do you need in order to do this type of role? I imagine it's a lot of relationship building, but like, what, what are the, like if somebody was coming into real estate or, or coming out of college or something, what skill sets should they build up? So, um, you know, if we're hiring at the analyst level, we're looking for somebody with uh, experience in uh, business and economics um, that has that's coming out of a real estate program at an undergraduate institution. So or that has a particular um, emphasis or interest in in real estate investment. And so, um, you know, for those that are younger in their careers, I would say the most important features are sort of you know being interested in this space, the investment space, having a little bit of background and education in the space. And um, if not that, having a solid foundation in business, finance and uh, and or accounting, if not real estate. Um, when you go up the, um, you know, the level of responsibilities of the individuals within our firm, um, we have um, VPs um, in our organization, VPs of partner engagement, and, and they really sit at a position where they're advising our clients and they're the primary point of communication. And mm -hmm. those individuals, we expect to have 15 to 20 years of experience in the real estate investment industry, understand not only um, the clients that are that, so the um, LPs, the investors, um, understand the investor base, but also have a clear understanding of who the competition is in the market that our clients might be faced with. So the ideal background for somebody that's a little bit more senior in our organization is one of either consultant experience that puts them in this position of perspective. And as I referred to earlier, kind of position of privilege, just getting to see a lot in the marketplace um, that has experience on the GP side. That's actually been internal at an investment management organization um, that has capital raising experience or that has sat in the position of an investor. And so it can be a number of things. And I think we've created um, a pretty resilient team that has diverse perspectives and experience to help advise our clients in all of these different facets of growth. Is there, is there like a technical skill set that people like should learn? Like, should you learn like modeling? I mean, does all that stuff help? Not necessarily in this position, not modeling or Argus. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, having, having background in institutional investment um, is probably the best background we could ask for. And that may not always mean, you know, you're an acquisitions or sourcing professional. It mm -hmm. might not always mean that you can, you know, you're, you're an analyst that can um, you know, run an Argus model. I mean, things are changing rapidly in this industry. And for us, the most important skill set is having a clear understanding of what the capital needs and how to get our clients to match those capital needs. And that's just a different higher level kind of strategic skill set um, that that's really beneficial in this position. It's experience. Gotcha. Um, 
And do you do you, are you at like at a lot of conferences? Like, what are the best sort of conferences for for folks to looking for capital? You just all, all <laughs> are you going to like the you know? I I've had clients who are like, I'm going to a, like the a dentist conference because those are the one you know they're like dentist investors. Like, I know that's probably not what you're doing, but I, I mean, there's conferences all over the place. Are you on the road a lot? Uh, we are on the road. We are. Um we are visible at industry conferences in the US and uh, we try to have a global footprint as well. Um, we also advise our clients on the most efficient place to spend their time and resources. And so we're advising them on which conferences within the industry they should attend if they're trying to attract sovereign wealth fund capital, high net worth capital, US institutional capital. And so on our website, we actually created a shared resource for the entire industry. It's an industry conference calendar. Oh, amazing. Um, I yeah. think, yeah, so so check it out if any listeners are interested in um, understanding what the lay of the land looks like in, in the real estate investment industry. I think that's a good place to spend some time. I think for our, for our clients, we also try to advise them on who the audience is at these conferences, you know, who's in attendance, how likely they are to kind of secure a meeting um, because it's, it's difficult. You're, you're, you know, some of these conferences are thousands of people. Um, the same 700 people are chasing after the same 30 right. people I've had, you know, when I was a consultant, I had people follow me to the bathroom and, you know, they just, <laughs> they, it's a, it's, you know, it feels kind of nice, but, <laughs> yeah. but it also is not the appropriate place to build and maintain a relationship necessarily, but it is a great networking opportunity. So in the U S um, we um, generally will be, will have a presence within um, IREI mm -hmm. um, institutional real estate Inc. Um, Priya, I'm on the board of directors at Priya and involved with the Priya Foundation. So that's another great conference for um, folks in our industry to attend. Um, and then, you know, there are some emerging new um, sort of regional setups that have been really great at, at um, pairing uh, investors with investment managers and groups like RELP um, and others will sponsor those events. So in addition to those three I mentioned, probably um, check out PERE. Uh, a fire. Um, I always, I'm kind of a dork, so I kind of like the um, the reporting conferences too. So that would be InRev, AnRev. So InRev is Europe, AnRev is Asia. Okay. Acreed Priya is the U.S. I kind of like those more technical conferences for the, <laughs> the accounting side of things. But yeah, check out our website. We have a, a link to all the conferences, the dates, and you know a little bit of information on each. Awesome. Thank you. I will. I'm I'm always curious too. I, I go to a lot of conferences. Um, and they're also like part of it, the conferences is like, some of these are like, it's, it's a, especially depending on the mat, like the, the client, like it's an outlay of capital, right? It's like, you know, some of them are pretty expensive and you got to fly there and get hotel rooms. And it's like, how do you make the most of it and get best, best return on your investment? So, um, exactly. We created for one of our clients last year, a, um, a masterclass on, it was called conferencing with a purpose where we went through, you know, plan of attack um, for their team when they're in these different regions and attending conferences because it's different for everyone and it can be a it can be a hard space to navigate. I was really lucky in my career that um, you know I was sitting in the seat of a consultant for a while and I had great uh, mentors um, in the industry that took me around and introduced me to people. But otherwise, it can be kind of daunting if you're a newbie in the room. I know the feeling. It's like you don't know anyone. No one knows you, and they're all seem to be in part of this club, and you have no idea how to get in the club. Um, but then you go, uh, yeah, then a couple times, and all of a sudden you're in the club. 
Um, Our industry is so small. I mean, it, it doesn't sound small because it's a big um, part of the investment ecosystem, but it's a small and collegiate industry. A lot of people have been around for a long time. Um, you see the same people at conferences. So I would say over time, um, that gets a lot easier. It does. Yeah, <laughs> definitely does. Uh, but it was very daunting the first couple of times. Um, are you ready for the hot seat? I'm ready for the hot seat. Give it to me. The Hot Seat is sponsored by KK Reset. KK Reset is an HR management and outsourcing consulting firm that specializes in helping organizations to reset their culture, structure, and path. They do this through services which include comprehensive consultation to identify gaps and opportunities for corporate training programs, HR services, and career mapping services. They've collaborated with nonprofits, startups, and academic organizations to protect them from liabilities, reduce turnover, and preserve their brands. They have also collaborated with a number of my clients on the real estate front who are not large enough to have their own in-house HR program. So they outsource it to KK Reset. KK Reset comes in, maybe sits on site a couple days a week and provides you know everything you need from an HR perspective for your, for your firm. So it's a great uh, resource for those shops who just maybe it doesn't make sense for them to have in-house HR function. Um, so please check them out at kkreset.com. K-K-R-E-S-E-T.com. It's the summertime. I'm sure it gets pretty hot in Columbus. But it's getting even hotter. Um, do you have a book and or podcast recommendation? It could be relevant to work or just something you like to you enjoy. Okay, I have a couple. Okay. Um, I'm into the short reads these days. Um, I feel like I do a lot of reading for work, um, but I love The Obstacle is the Way. It's a Ryan Holiday book. It's a really short read. It's, um, okay. it's great. And I was recently gifted um, The Monocle Companion, which is um, a compilation of 50 essays. So I oh, highly cool. recommend both of those. Um, in terms of podcast, I am loving... Uh, all of Nancy Lachine's real estate capital podcasts. Um, she has some incredible guests on her podcast, like Paul Muchaka, who runs AIMCO's real estate portfolio, Jeff Giller, who runs Stepstone's real estate practice. Yeah. Um, and I also like, and so it's really real estate specific. And if our clients are meeting with AIMCO or Stepstone, we encourage them also to listen to this podcast because you get to get get to know these folks a little bit better um, without having a direct conversation with them. So What's I the name of those that of that podcast? Is there a name for it? It's called the Real Estate Capital Podcast with Nancy Lachine, who runs Park Madison Partners. Yeah, I'm going to check that one out. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. And then um, across other asset classes, I like um, there's Capital Allocators. That's a good one, too. Um, and they touch on different investment aspects. So um, those are some good ones I have on download. Um, if I'm on a plane, I usually listen to a couple episodes from each of those. Perfect. That's that's what I'm going to do too. Um, do you? Have, what is your most memorable deal? I don't feel like that's necessarily applicable to us consultants, honestly, because we're not we're not going out and buying real estate at the asset level. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you kind of tend to be the first to blame when things go wrong and the last to get some praise when things go right. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure I have the most memorable deal, um, to give you on the hot seat today. How about as a recruiter, I maybe not deal, but like 
as a recruiter, sometimes I get a client and it's like they are so disorganized. They are so and it's like, man, this is going to be a lot of work because <laughs> you got to like get them all, you know, because part of it is it's, it's a lot of the same thing. Presentation, organization, um, setting up things internally, structure, getting them you know, expectations around compensation and, and, and duties. Like, has there been a client, you don't have to like name them, but has there been clients where it's like, there's, there's, there's a lot more work than other clients. <laughs> Some of the younger managers, the emerging managers that don't yet have the infrastructure and institutional knowledge are a little bit more challenging. They're more work. Um, because if you think about it, they still, they need, you know, your handholding and, and for you to put pen to paper on every single policy within the organization. And there are a lot of them. So I think that um, those tend to be um, challenging, but also the most rewarding when they're successful. Um, so there are a couple, I think that, you know, those that lack a desire to invest in, you know, a capital markets team or function um, can be challenging or those where there's a CEO that refuses to put in place a succession plan, you know, that's approaching retirement age, right? right. Those ones are a little bit more challenging um, than others that really want to build a legacy business and want to go about distribution in the right way. So, um, so I think, you know, it's a fun seat to sit in and our seated Alliance Global Advisors because we're an independent advisor to many CEOs and, um, and capital markets teams. And so we get to kind of give it to them straight, mm -hmm. uh, you know, provide our independent perspective and a lot of them do choose to act on it. So the most rewarding ones are those that follow our advice and then have success in fundraising and growth um, based on that uh, change. All the clients just followed our advice. Um, they hire us and then want to do it their way. Uh, <laughs> you already asked, answered what you look for in hiring someone and uh, previously. It's like, so we'll go to the last question here. What mentors have you had the most, which mentors have had the most impact on you? For me, um, my mentor, my mentors in this industry um, are both, you know, women and men who, paved the path and welcomed new perspectives. So I had the pleasure of working with, you know, three people at Townsend who I would consider mentors even to this day and that I rely on for advice. That's Terry Ahern, who's the CEO and founder, um, was the CEO and founder of Townsend. Um, Michael McGee, who was my boss um, on the advisory side of Townsend's practice in San Francisco. Um, she was, uh, she was really the first um, partner of the firm that put me forward to clients and in client meetings and really um, coached me along the way and was rooting for my success. Um, I also think there are women in this industry that um, I mentioned earlier that, you know, they take you around, they introduce you to people, um, they um, maintain the relationship. Marjorie Sang, um, who used to run New York Common, is one of those. Um, I always look up to Deb Harmon of Artemis. Um, and then, you know, my direct boss at Townsend is a guy named Jack Cope. Mm. Um, Jack is at Park Madison with Nancy now. Um, but I think, you know, some of the people where I view their leadership capabilities as superior, he was one of them. So I look up to him in terms of, you know, mentorship for leadership. I just, you know, think he was a really incredible leader of the organization and um, had a really great working experience with him as a colleague. So those are just a few in our industry. Yeah, that's great. Well, Jennifer Stevens, 
co-founder and managing partner at Alliance Global Advisors. Thank you for spending the morning Pacific Coast time with me and uh, congratulations on your success. 